0: No purchase necessary voidware prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
2: gather round boys and ghouls for another
3: tale of modern horror) <laughs> <laughs>
2: As our happy couple enjoys their vacation, they are about to receive an offer too good to be true. In fact, it's an offer they can't refuse, no matter how hard they try to escape. Our hapless guests are about to enter the hell of the The timeshare continuum. How'd you do on the slot, sweetie?
4: I came out ahead by $5.
2: Well, <laughs> I'll call that a win. <laughs> so, did you decide what you want to do tonight?
4: We should see Sold to Sir K.
2: I tried to get tickets for that show, babe. Completely sold out for the whole time we're here.
4: Oh, that's a bummer. I really wanted to see that.
2: Hey, I got an offer for you. See, yeah, an offer. What kind of offer? Got two tickets for Sold to Sir K. See? You can use them tonight. See?
4: Wow, that's great. How much are they?
2: They don't cost nothing, see? Yeah, completely free. There has to be a catch. You just need to sit through a sales presentation, see? Yeah, a sales
5: presentation. It's for a vacation timeshare, see?
4: Oh, I I don't know, Mr. Cat.
5: It's just a measly 90 minutes, see? Yeah, just an hour and a half, see? And I'll throw in
2: free breakfast tomorrow at a buffet, see?
4: Well, if it's only 90 minutes, what do you think, honey?
2: Well, for free breakfast and show tickets, it would probably be worth it. We're not signing anything, understood? Yeah, yeah, completely understood. I got it, see? Follow me, yeah, follow me. Ten minutes later. Make yourselves at home, see? Yeah, the presenter will be here in a minute, see? Well, I'm sure this is going to be tempting, but I've heard these setups are really expensive.
4: We'll have to stick to our guns. It's worth it to see the show.
2: A splendid good morning to you both. I'm Max von Riegelbisse with Narcos Vacation Club, the leading vacation ownership company in Nevada. There is a lot to go over today, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the presentation. Uh, Mr. Cat... Have you ever dreamed of spending all your vacations in exclusive four- and five-star hotels and resorts in the most exotic cities all over the world? Do you desire to make an investment that will give you years of precious memories? Do you want to share ownership in a vacation property and save money? If you have answered yes to any of these questions, Nargles is the answer to your prayers. Uh, sir... We have partnered with leading luxury hotel chains to ensure that every vacation will be your best one ever. In addition, we have agreements with other timeshare companies to ensure coverage all over the globe. Um, Max? Whether on the shores of Waikiki,
5: along the French Riviera, or in the middle of the excitement of Times Square,
2: wherever that is, we have your vacation spots covered.
4: Max!
2: Yes, what is it?
4: Listen, we appreciate what you're trying to do, sir, but I've changed my mind about sitting through this. I really don't want to waste your time. I'm afraid we really don't have enough money or time available to take full advantage of this.
2: Yeah, we both work full-time, and we had to scrimp and save for a year just to take this vacation. Oh, how disappointing! I was really hoping this would be the day that you would make this life-changing decision. But no hard feelings! Let's do this, all right? It's the slow season. I need the practice, and I would still like to give you the show tickets and the free meal, which requires that you sit for the full presentation. If you agree to stay for my presentation, I promise
5: I will not pressure you in any way. You will get the show tickets and the breakfast voucher. In fact, I will throw in another voucher for a free dinner. Up to $50 per person at Linguini's Italian Grill. It's the perfect compliment
2: to your Soul to Cirque show. Well, what do you think, Marcy?
4: Oh, all right. Go ahead. Max will stay. A
2: thousand poker chips of gratitude, good people. By the way, are you celebrating anything special on this trip? Our Our 20th anniversary. anniversary. Oh, how splendid. This calls for a special treat. Aaliyah, please bring two glasses of our special champagne. Thank you. Oh, Max, you don't have to do this. Oh, but it is a privilege, good sir. Marriage is not always easy, and to stick it out for twenty whole years is something to be celebrated. Ah, here she comes now.
5: Hi, I'm Aaliyah,
2: and I'm a puppy. Here are your drinks. Oh, bubbly.
0: Is she
5: okay? Oh, she's fine. Allie, dear sister, brain on. Look, look here, a rock. Go get it. Oh, okay, bye. The poor child has attention deficit,
4: doggy. I think that's... Never mind. You sure you can't join us, Max? Oh, I am afraid I cannot. Strictly against
5: the rules for me to imbibe on the job. And to be honest, I never acquired the taste for sparkling wine.
2: <clears throat> to the lovely young couple, may they live together in happiness and harmony for years to come. Cheers! Cheers. Mmm, this is really good. I am so glad you like it. It's our exclusive brand, Oh You Vicious Brute, from Counterculturewise Labs. <laughs> That's a clever name. Wait, did you say labs? Don't you mean winery? No, good sir! I got it right the first time! Oh, John, I don't feel so good. Neither do I. What's in this sham... sham... shampoo? And without any further ado, let's continue the presentation. Enjoy the video! Ooh, pretty Pretty spiral.
3: spiral. Welcome. We trust that you will enjoy this video. We
2: We will will enjoy enjoy this video. video. Well over 90 minutes later. Well, that was the video. So I hope you have reconsidered. We We have have reconsidered. reconsidered. Oh, that brings me such joy. Before you fill out and sign your paperwork, I would like to bring in my assistant to read the disclosures. Uh, uh,
4: uh, This contract between the members of Nargle's Vacation Club is forever binding and must be signed in blood. You hereby waive all rights to arbitration or legal action against Nargle's under any and all circumstances. Any attempt to cancel the argument, cease payment, or sell your share will be met with derisive laughter and a big hell nah. In the event of the death of the members, the ownership of the share and any corresponding debts, fees, and taxes will be passed on to the closest surviving family member or your next door neighbor. We are not responsible for the lack of availability of your hotel room at your preferred time or at any time. We reserve the right to downgrade. You're lodging to a cheap motel room in the scary part of town If a room is not available at the resort Or if we simply decide that we don't like your face
2: One hour later
4: In which case you will be thrown into the pit of fire Where there will be great wailing and a gnashing of teeth As well as peanut butter sandwiches with no milk Back to you, big brother
2: Ninety minutes after that uh, And now if you'll sign here Here And here Wonderful The $4,000 monthly auto pay will begin Right Now I hope you enjoy your relationship with us at Nargles. Here are your sold to tickets, which only
5: require a four-drink minimum each, your breakfast buffet, be sure to note the $30
2: processing fee, and, as promised, your bonus $50 dinner voucher. You'll just need to make sure you cover the mandatory 25% chef's gratuity, and remember, taxes, tips, parking, and convenience fees are not included. Wait, what just happened?
4: I, I don't know. That champagne had a real kick to it, didn't it?
2: I'll say. Anyway, here are the tickets just like Max promised.
4: Wow, what a great cat. I wish all salespeople were as good as he is.
2: No
5: lie there. Well, shall we?
4: Absolutely. Nothing like dinner and a Vegas show for free.
2: And for the next 20 years, the only escape they'll see is their paychecks out of their bank account. Ah! Tune in next time for another Tale of
1: Modern Horror. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were
4: prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, nothing to see here, folks. Just more bank failures, more railroad track failures, more government failures. Well, you get the idea. We're going to try to have some fun with this, okay? Chuck's going to give us the latest hard-to-believe news. And we have a check-in from the White House press secretary who is going to finally tell it like it is. Oh my, news of the weird and wonderful, this is why we can't have nice things, and welcome to the abnormal, so much more, don't go anywhere.
5: Welcome to Counterculture Wise, a Stormcap production.
2: The views expressed on this podcast are those of the hosts, our guests, and the dog, and do not necessarily reflect the views of any of our platforms, our advertisers, or any other dog.
3: Yeah.
4: You listen today, please remember Queer is so much more than a podcast. All of our stories we discuss are linked in our show notes on counterculturewise.com. Visit there for commentary, guest photos and links, animations, and fun merchandise.
2: If you have a story idea or would like to be a guest on our show, contact us via our website. You can also follow us on Twitter, Gab, Instagram, Facebook, and all over social media where we'll post memes, cat pics, and commentary that gets us booted off on a regular basis.
4: If you're listening live, be sure to join our chat on Spreaker. If you're listening dead, please stop voting Democrat, but enjoy the show anyway. (laughs) And with the meows of the Mackie Meow, we begin another live show here at Counterculture Wise. Where Wait a minute, we're anything live? anything can happen. We're live? Or in some cases, nothing can happen. <laughs> Which was the case last week.
2: Oh. Oh,
4: my goodness. It was
2: a nightmare. We it was horrible. So it was evil and bad and wrong. And... and the
4: sad thing is, most of them weren't even on our side. So, there yeah. you go. Well, folks, welcome to our humble little podcast. I am your hostess, Melanie Hope, and with me is my, well, happens to be my husband. He's my co-host. He's my very best friend. He is my sweet baboo, Mr. James Monet You
2: know, I'm starting to think that this uh, applause is not exactly genuine. It sounds exactly the same every week. Anyway... Welcome to our show. I hope you will Don't enjoy. read too
4: much into it, Monas.
2: Oh, no, all right. I won't. Well, I'd like to start off the show by talking about a really good actor, um, Mr. Bruce Willis, who he had his 68th birthday to, today. And this is the first birthday since his dementia diagnosis. We won't be seeing him on screen anymore except for a couple of things he filmed before the diagnosis, but his wife, his current wife and his former wife, his current wife is Emma Hemming Willis, and then of course, uh, Demi Moore, were very good friends. Bruce Willis is making another trip around the sun, and it's a bittersweet occasion for wife Emma Hemming. Hemming, who married Willis in 2009, took to Instagram to share a video compilation of the actor in honor of his 68th birthday Sunday. The compilation featured sweet, cl- sweet clips of Willis spending quality time with his loved ones. He is pure love. He is so loved, and I'll be loving him always. Happy birthday, my sweet. Hemming caption the post. My birthday wish for Bruce is that you continue to keep him in your prayers and highest vibrations because his sensitive Pisces soul will feel it. Thank you so much for loving and caring for him, too. And... Willis's ex-wife, Demi Moore, shared her own birthday tribute on Instagram Sunday, posting a video of Willis being sung happy birthday by his family. Happy birthday, BW. So glad we could celebrate you today, Moore wrote. Love you and love, your, love our family. Thank you to everyone for the love and warm wishes. We all feel them. Shortly before sharing her birthday post for Willis, Hemming posted an emotional update on how she's been coping with her husband's recent diagnosis of frontotemporal dementia, Wow, that's an awful thing to happen to any human being. I've started the morning by crying, as you can see by my swollen eyes and snotty nose. I think, I just think it's important that you see all sides of this, Hemming said. I always get this message where people always tell me, Oh, you're so strong, I don't know how you do it. I'm not given a choice. I wish I was, but I'm also raising two kids in this. Hemming and Willis share daughters Mabel Ray, 10, and Evelyn Penn, 8. Willis also has three daughters, Rumor, 34, Scout, 31, and Tallulah, 29, with more. Sometimes in our lives, we have to put our big girl panties on and get to it. Melanie says that a lot.
4: I do. <laughs>
2: and that's what I'm doing, Heming I mean, continued. But I do have times of sadness every day, uh, grief every day. I I'm had no feel- idea
4: about this diagnosis. This is a complete surprise to me. I'm not oh, you, did, you didn't know? Yeah. He's, I'm speechless. He it?
2: hasn't been able... People were criticizing him because he was getting increasingly small roles in movies well and he's a billion years old well but- that that's what I'm saying is, and that he wasn't delivering his lines all that well, and now we know why he's had this this mental issue it's you know
4: if only a certain president would go out with grace
2: yeah well, yeah.
4: <laughs> wow, that's really sad I mean he is the star of my favorite Christmas movie,
2: yep and just going to read a little bit more because it's a long article. But Willis's diagnosis of front tem- frontotemporal dementia, a brain disorder caused by degeneration of the brain's frontal lobe, was announced by family members in a joint Instagram post last month. The news came nearly a year after Willis's family confirmed confirmed the movie icon was stepping away from acting due to an aphasia diagnosis. So...
4: What is aphasia?
2: Well, since you asked, I'm now going to find out. <laughs> um... Okay,
4: aphasia. Here, agriculture-wise, aphasia we, dif- we like to educate ourselves live yeah, on Yeah, live air. and go, Ugh.
2: <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll try next week, too. Well, we'll just keep working on improving the show. Aphasia is a disorder that affects how you communicate. It can impact your speech as well as the way you write and understand both spoken and written language.
4: Okay, so that's what they're saying. Uh, um, that
2: was what he originally had. That's then, what they're
4: saying. Uh, what's his face? um
2: What's-his-face?
4: Good old what's-his-nuts. He looks like Herman Munster. Oh, crap. What is his name? Bi- I... uh, not Biderman. Fetterman. <laughs> come see, come saw. Fighterman, Betterman.
2: <laughs> uh, the Fetterman. Certain... Yeah. Oh, I see a song parody coming. Oh,
4: oh. Uh-oh.
2: Uh-oh. I I, you know, Pearl Jam's Betterman. Fetterman. <laughs> Better oh. <Man>. oh, no. Oh. <laughs> I mean, we'll get banned, but what the heck? Yeah, I gotta, well, I gotta do it. A phasia usually happens suddenly after a stroke or head injury, but it can also come on gradually from mm-hmm. a slow-growing brain tumor or disease that causes. Previ- well, that's too bad. Yeah, it's just it's awful. I mean, he had that, and He's then they such then,
4: a good actor, so versatile.
2: Yeah, underrated. His performance in uh, Pulp Fiction is the stuff of legend. Yes, and he was he was. Despite the fact that he and Sybil Shepherd did not get along in real life, their chemistry on Moonlighting was amazing. too. Yeah, I
4: really loved that show. Yeah. So, but I mean, does Sybil Shepard get along with anybody in real life? I
2: don't know. <laughs> Why don't you write her and ask? I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> She's being rhetorical, folks. Oh, so am I. Clam chowder and tell
4: clam me chowder,
2: yeah. <laughs> so, happy birthday, Bruce! Mm. And I, I hope you are well today. <clears throat>
4: Well, Chuck's going to tell us a little bit about the first couple banks to fall, but apparently, even keeping your money in a Swiss bank account ain't going yeah, to. Yeah, that it was sick. that
2: used to be like almost a <laughs> cliche: a Swiss bank is going to be a mm-hmm. safe place to put your money. Well, yeah, not UBS so UBS is
4: buying Credit Suisse in a bit to halt banking crisis.
2: Yep. And Credit Suisse, I mean, that their name. I mean, that call comes me up-
4: weird, but like not be corrupt and <laughs> it's, it's
2: corruption and incompetence and we'll talk a bit about it well chuck will talk a bit about it but
4: mm-hmm. now who know, is ubs that's that's not the american government yet again because it seems like we bail no, out every UBS country at war bank, it- bank
2: in switzerland okay. and credit swiss is the second credit swiss has been famous for Narrowing their focus on rich investors, so you'd think with something like that they would be able to survive. We're going to be down to like
4: four banks in the world after all of these banks are buying out the little guys.
2: Yeah. um, Well, Credit Suisse is not a little guy, Um, but yeah, I get, I get that. It's, it's dumb. It's silly.
4: They're a little guy compared to UBS.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well.
4: Well, so they're taking over.
2: Um, Yeah.
3: Yeah. The
4: Swiss National Bank um, mm-hmm. is going to secure financial stability and protect the Swiss economy. Okay. They're paying 3 billion Swiss francs, which is about $3.25 billion. About 60% less than the bank was worth when it closed Friday. on Friday.
2: So, a couple days later...
4: Get your bargains here! <laughs> wow. Wow. Bring
2: out your dead. <laughs> just, yeah, it's and a lot of well known financial institutions are struggling. HSBC, a former employer of mine. Gee, is maybe struggling. we shouldn't
4: have shut down the world for three years. Yeah,
2: and Wells Fargo has been You know, I am convinced that at the corporate offices of Wells Fargo, there is a pentagram etched into the basement. <laughs>
4: floor. Wow.
2: I mean, I I think they're just they're awful, and they've been creating, they've been making the you know faking the books, making false savings accounts. All this stuff is documented, and they're they're in trouble too. I don't know how J P Morgan Chase is doing, but they're probably doing okay, probably.
4: Man.
2: It's hard. It's just on on very shaky ground right now. It is the whole banking. System is, um, you know, if you're if you have more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in an individual account, first of all, congratulations. But second <laughs> of all, you know, since the FDIC only insures up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you may want to shift stuff around for now.
4: Hmm.
2: Just just a little bit of, of financial advice from a broke asshole like me.
4: Don't listen to us. We have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs>
2: Well, Please that.
4: do not take financial advice do from the podcasters that animate their cats.
2: <laughs> like, Speaking of which...
4: Scott Adams is always saying, do, do not take financial advice from a cartoonist. For, well, for I'm the a cartoonist. For the show
2: <laughs> tonight, I have donned the Team Max t-shirt featuring the beautiful cartoon face of...
4: The Wacky Wow. The
2: amazing Wacky Wow. It's another one of many, many nicknames we have for Max... <laughs> yeah, just a goofy little orange boy, but I love him so much. And yeah. So you can pick this up.
4: He's a great interviewer. You have to hand yeah, he it is. to him. He really he really asks the hard questions that yes. most people aren't willing to ask.
2: And drives the interviewees crazy in the process. But, but they,
4: they but come back again and again.
2: I, I don't get that. <laughs> there must be something to him. Yeah. But you can pick up this T-shirt and so many other amazing designs at our store culture wise. New designs
4: coming every month, sometimes <laughs> a couple of weeks. So we, we have now have
2: a, a Woka Cola.
4: Woka Cola, yes. Mm-hmm. Um couple of new designs up yeah. this week. Working on another one for our holy crap mm-hmm. line.
2: We've had week. we had a request for a particular we, we design did, which so. we're working on now We've too. We've got so. uh,
4: Kamala's Venn diagram up. We gotta <laughs> check that one out. If you watch our oh, Holy God Crap God. videos, you'll know what I'm talking about. And, of course, it's okay to be orange.
2: <laughs> Which is, you know...
4: Racist!
2: Racist, <laughs> so there it is.
4: When Trump wins again, even after they arrest him, uh, we'll put back Business up the This Business today looks chief. nothing like it did yesterday. And, uh, While <laughs> and, of course, we'll have several other... Fun designs. <laughs> so, us <laughs> say we start out with one of my favorite segments, News of the Weird and Wonderful.
5: Counterculture Wise is proud to present News of the Weird and Wonderful. Here are your hosts, Melanie Hope and Jim Monis.
3: All
4: well, Fritzy says she wants to read news of the weird and wonderful. In fact, she wants to read it so bad she's actually laid right next to the puppy, and the poor puppy doesn't know what to do
2: because <laughs> Fritzy
4: is not nice to the puppy. She's not nice to the puppies at all. So the puppy actually got up and moved because Fritzy laid next to her. Oh, and now Fritzy's giving me the look like, "Yeah, you better."
3: Mm. Uh-huh. I, I thought you
4: were on your iPod, Fritzy, typing in the chat. Okay.
2: A zebra, <laughs> one of my favorite animals. A zebra attacked its owner at an Ohio. What is an Wait, Ohio home? What? Uh, what? I don't know. Anyway, a zebra attacked its owner at an Ohio home and bit the man's arm before it was fatally shot by his sheriff's deputy. Authorities said <laughs> the attack occurred around 5:30 p.m. Sunday in Circleville, Pickle, Pickaway County. Sheriff's deputies responded to the home and found the man in a fenced-in field lying in the ground. The large male zebra continued acting aggressively and charged at the deputy's cruiser.
4: Ooh, what do you? Never he got, charged
2: at a deputy's cruiser. What you do know that
4: he got between the boy zebra and his bitches. <laughs> Wait, are girl zebras called bitches? What are girls? Ze- nah, you keep reading. You, I'm gonna keep reading. I'm not I'm gonna, stopping. i gonna look going, up girl zebras up. Are
2: <laughs> The large male zebra continued acting aggressively and charged at a deputy's cruiser that had been positioned to keep the animal away from the victim. The sheriff's office said. One deputy was able to briefly scare it away using their cruiser's horn and sirens, but the zebra continued to charge at deputies now, and other They're just first called mares like horses. After deputies, admi-
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> After deputies administering a tourniquet and helping the victim get to an wow. ambulance he, nearby, he needed a tourniquet. the zebra returned. That was returned. A heck of a bite. The zebra returned, CBS reported. Officers were advised by the family they could shoot the zebra if it came any closer, the Aww. station reported. Body cam footage released by the sheriff's office shows the zebra approaching deputies when one fires a shotgun, striking it in the head and killing it.
0: Aww. It was
2: not clear what caused the zebra's aggressive behavior, but officials said it may have been trying to protect some female zebras that were in the same field. The zebra's owner was hospitalized but expected to recover. The incident report initially stated that the victim's arm was severed based on the nine eleven call, but the sheriff later confirmed that the man's arm was not bitten off, WBNS reports. Nor other injuries to humans or mammals were reported. According to the San Diego Zoo, zebras can run as fast as 35 miles per hour and have a powerful kick that can cause serious injury. They are not considered exotic animals under Ohio lie. I suggest the state of Ohio revise that. Mm. I think that. I
4: bet you
2: they do. I believe they will. <laughs>
4: That, that seems odd to me that they wouldn't be. Yeah. Well, speaking of an exotic pet that I do not recommend, <laughs> a family on vacation in South Florida expected to catch a big fish, but they were genuinely surprised by what they reeled off the coast of Fort Lauderdale. What do you think? Asked a man on cell phone video that captured a great white shark. What? Drifting on a fishing line. What? <laughs> alongside their boat. Best day ever said a boy. <laughs> of course that's what a boy would say. The best day ever is how this little guy is describing this incredible fishing adventure. I wonder aren't they protected? I thought you couldn't um okay. He and his family were out on the waters in Fort Lauderdale when they nabbed the great white. There he is 100 by 50 inches a man said on the video. 100 by 50. I'm sorry, it was the end of the quote, and I just assumed it was inches. And I'm like, wait, that's a really small shark. The family who are from North Dakota said they came to South Florida for an exciting fishing trip, so they booked a shark fishing adventure. Okay, well, I guess they were I out guess must for be sharks legal, then. with good hit sport fishing, but they had no idea how eventful the trip would become. While in the fight to catch another fish, one of the men said they felt a great tug on their fishing line. If
2: you are going to be a great white, you need to do a great tug. You've
4: you got to do a great tug, yeah. I don't know. I've watched Jaws way too many times for this story. <laughs> All yeah. of a sudden, when it hit the one rod, it just hit and it took off. We knew it was something big. The shark was so big, it took three men aboard to reel the big guy in. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> We were alternating turns left and right, probably, what, 20, 30 cranks, and then the next guy was on, said Jacobson. After about 40 minutes of tugging and pulling, the men were finally able to reel the big guy in, and a catch like this is extremely rare in South Florida. In fact, it wasn't until they saw the reaction from the boat captain that they knew how special the capture was. I've been doing this for 20 years, full time as a captain, said Captain Adam Reckert, and that's only the second one I've landed. The last one was about fifteen years ago. With that in mind, everyone on board decided to keep this memory forever by snapping a couple of pictures and videos before letting him go. The Yay. kids decided to give the large fish a cool name to remember him by. We named him Cofax Crusher.
3: Cofax Crusher. Cofax Crusher.
4: Crusher. After they tagged the shark, they set it free, which Good Hit Sport Fishing said is standard protocol.
2: Nice, nice, nice,
4: nice. I wonder nice. if the tag just says, already been caught. <laughs> Let me go! Dot com. <laughs> Wow. He's a good size. No, I mean, he, he's no Jaws, but he's a good size.
2: All right. Well, this is one of those things you read about and you sit back and wonder, why hasn't this already happened? Why? What is taking these clowns? I thought it had so already. Happened. Yeah, I thought it had too. But
4: no, you know, I've been getting a lot lately.
2: I've been getting them a lot lately too. Oh my. So, <laughs> let me talk about what it is. Cuz <laughs> I was trying to do something else real quick because it wasn't going to happen. Here we go. Anyway, <laughs> well, why I mean, I admit that on not air? On- why and why I admitted that live? I really don't know. Here we go. Um <laughs> I don't know. The Federal Communications Commission has adopted its first regulations specifically targeting the increasing problem of scam text messages sent to customers. I'm yelling this because why did it take so long?
4: Seriously?
2: The new rules will require mobile service providers to block robotext messages that are highly likely to be illegal. Carriers will be, carriers will be required to block text messages that come from invalid unallocated or unused numbers. Carriers must also block texts from numbers that the subscriber to the number has self-identified as never sending text messages and numbers that government agencies and other well-known entities identify as not used for texting, the FCC said. Carriers will have to establish a point of contact for text senders so the senders can inquire about blocked texts. The new regulations come as a result of more than five hundred percent increase in complaints about scanned text messages in recent years. From twenty fifteen to twenty twenty two, robotext complaints rose from about thirty three hundred to eighteen thousand nine hundred per year. And robotexts pose a unique threat to consumers. Unlike robocalls, scam text messages are hard to ignore or hang up on and are nearly always read by the recipient. You don't have a
4: choice. It's like in your face.
2: Yeah. In addition, Robotexts can promote links to phishing websites or websites that can install malware on the consumer's phone. They say this in block lettering. Bold block (laughs) lettering. To protect yourself from text scams, do not interact in any way with suspicious texts. Click on suspicious links or provide any information via text or website. Alrighty then.
4: Okay, I gotta share this one, but there's gonna be a little bit of feels because we just passed um, St. Patrick's Day, which is Abigail's birthday, and and um, you know we're going on we the second her. year. We toasted her, and I miss her like I miss a limb. I miss yeah. that dog every day. I know it's ridiculous. She's a dog, but I, I mean, don't think I had there's her anything ridiculous years. about it at all. That's a good chunk of my life.
2: I'm old prejudiced, but I don't think it's ridiculous.
4: <laughs> I have a bookmark that the uh, crematorium gave me. It's a poem that pretty much everybody is familiar with. I'm going to read the poem, and then I'm going to read this story. This poem has always been labeled author unknown. It's called The Rainbow Bridge, and I'm sure people are familiar with it. There is a bridge connecting heaven and earth. It is called The Rainbow Bridge because of its many colors. Just the side of The Rainbow Bridge, there is a land of meadows, hills, valleys, and lush green grass. When a beloved pet dies, the pet goes to this special place. There is always food and water and warm spring weather. The old and frail are young again. Those who are maimed are made whole again. They play all day with each other. There is only one thing missing. They are not with their special person who loved them on earth. I know this is a stupid poem. I'm sorry. So each day, they run and play until the day comes when one suddenly stops playing and looks up. The nose twitches. The ears are up. The eyes are staring, and this one suddenly runs from the group. You have been seen. And when you and your special friend meet, you take him or her into your arms and embrace. Your face is kissed again and again. (laughs) And you look once more into the eyes of your trusting pet. Then you cross the rainbow bridge together, never again to be separated. Well, this story came out last week. The Rainbow Bridge is a beautiful tribute to our furry friends that have passed. It's a poem that has touched millions of lives. The author of the poem has remained relatively unknown until now. 82-year-old Edna Klein-Recky, I hope I'm saying that right, had no idea that the poem she wrote over 60 years ago to honor her dog had brought comfort to so many others. In 1959, her Labrador retriever named Major died. He was her first dog. Sometimes I would just sit and talk to him, and I felt he could understand every word I said. The next day, she found a notebook nearby, and she pulled a piece of paper from it and began writing. She felt like Major was guiding her pen, and they actually have a picture of the original. After she finished it, Edna placed her pen at the top of the page and wrote Rainbow Bridge. She showed it to her mom, who responded, My darling girl, you are very special. Afterwards, she put the paper away, not showing it to anyone else for a long time. Edna was only 19 years old at the time.
2: Wow. She was good even then.
4: Years later, she got married and showed the poem to her husband. He suggested she publish it, but Edna didn't want to, telling him it was something private between herself and Major. She eventually typed up a few copies and handed them out to close friends, but she did not add her name to those copies as more and more people shared the poem it became cut off from its source by the early 1990s it had crossed the atlantic in february 1994 a woman from grand rapids michigan sent a copy of rainbow bridge that they had received from their local humane society to the advice column dear abby i remember this <laughs> i actually hmm. remember reading this Paul Coutanaris, an art historian and founder of the Order of the Good Death, was on a mission to find the poem's true author. Starting in 1995, Coutanaris found records of 15 separate claims filed under the title Rainbow Bridge with the United States Copyright Office. He compiled a list of around 25 names he found with any connection to the poem. He found Edna's name after seeing reference in an online chat group to Edna Clyde from Scotland, who allegedly wrote the poem when her son's dog died. Some Googling led him to Edna Clyde Reckie, whose authorship of a book about her late husband and her dog made him jot her name onto the list, the only woman and the only non-American. What initially would have seemed like the most unlikely candidate in the end turned out to be the most intriguing candidate and, of course, the actual author. And there's a picture of her with two more puppers. Codenaris reached out to Edna, who was very surprised he found her, and told him everything. The original poem sits in a box in her attic marked, If you can't find it, it's in here. (laughs) I think we have a box like that. I should have a box like that if I don't. (laughs) She confessed to Cudanaris that when she took it out to take photos of it for him that she started to cry as it still carries that much emotional power for her. More than anything, though, she is simply flattered that something she wrote so long ago has resonated with such a vast number of people. The fact that it has comforted so many is the greatest possible homage to her love for Major. She knew nothing about the inscribed tablets in pet cemeteries. She had also never heard the abbreviation ATB. I had to explain that it meant at the bridge. I'd never heard that either, but... Wow, imagine just not even knowing. And that there are entire mourning groups based around those three letters, which signify the pets waiting to meet their owners at a place she invented for major. So, I thought that was a pretty sweet story. Sorry about the tears.
2: You are, you know... All those things they say about I you, know. a vile I'm... little right-wing Nazi blah, well, blah, Well, I'm a blah.
4: ginger. I don't have a soul.
2: Oh, so... ah, well, see. So what do you, how do you then um, explain the, the lacrimose?
4: Uh, well, I bought a soul. That's what I drive. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> okay. so I, I guess I installed it. I don't know how that okay. works.
2: Okay. Uh. A 25-year-old man is inspiring millions with his videos on TikTok. Meet Timor Mason from Hartford, Connecticut. Mason was born in Moscow, Russia, with no legs and only one arm.
4: Holy moly.
2: They say my disabilities are from radiation exposure from Chernobyl, Mason told oh my. News 8. Um, explaining that his biological mother took him to an orphanage. I have a letter where she says she didn't what? want to raise a monster. Oh my
3: God.
2: I don't have any anger or resentment towards that letter to her. I would. Or, or to her, honestly. I know. I would too. Without her giving me up, I wouldn't be here and I wouldn't have the amazing mom I do and the amazing family I have. He was adopted at three years old and has been taught ever since to be independent. I have two slogans, I can and I will, and that's something my mom would always have me say, he explained. Last September, a TikTok video of him lip-syncing on a treadmill went viral. I went to bed and woke up and had like two million views, he said, and it just keeps growing from that. Fast forward to now his video have gar- his videos have garnered nearly 1.4 million likes. The recent attention might mean a new direction for Mason and he's ready for any challenge. He said he would love to someday become a motivational speaker. I'm on a journey right now and it will, I will let me take it I will let it take me wherever it goes, Mason said. In the meantime he plans on making more videos. And there will be a link to this article. At the bottom of the article, there is a link to his TikTok account, should you choose to go check it out.
4: Should you choose to sell all of your personal information to Yeah, well, I
2: I wasn't going to go there because (laughs) I know you're dependable enough to go there for me.
4: I hate being predictable. Yark. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right, hey, the you know York how was I love This yes. is a great story. Absolutely. I, I, at least we've been talking about this actually for years. There, there was a um, ad mm-hmm. about the possibility of restoring sight to um, Stevie Wonder, and ah. it was like, oh, all the things we could possibly do in the future. Well, it might just be around the corner. So really? we've been talking about CRISPR gene editing. Yes, and, we have mentioned um, that. Before. We've been bringing up stories about how that's helped people um, with certain diseases and things. I I know they've been working on sickle cell uh, anemia and and, uh, all kinds of other things. So this one, the three blind mice of Song could actually be seen again after scientists restored vision in breakthrough research that could reverse the condition in people as well. The hereditary condition retinitis pigmentosa, I'm sure I butchered that, is one of the most common. Oh, okay, cool. Is <laughs> one of the most common causes of blindness, affecting one in every four thousand people. Wow, I didn't realize there was that many. Now researchers in China, oh boy, here we go, have used a genome editing technique to correct a mutation that leads to the condition in both mice and humans. Not only did the genetic correction lead to the mice regaining their sight, but the mice were shown to retain their sight well into old age. That is so cool. The study team from the Wuhan, oh boy, Wuhan University of Science and Technology hoped this promising new method could soon be used to similarly restore people's vision in years to come. Well, at least something good is coming out of Wuhan. Retinitis pigmentosa can be caused by mutations in more than 100 different genes. Symptoms begin with the dysfunction and death of dim, light-sensing rod cells before the disease spreads to cone cells required for color vision. Eventually, RP leads to severe and irreversible loss of vision. Is that what Stevie Wonder had?
2: Um, he had, uh... Because
4: I know he lost it in his his childhood. Yeah, he lost it in
2: his childhood. It was, um
4: cataracts. What? You can can get cataracts as a kid? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. When the system was programmed to target the harmful mutant gene PDE6-beta, it was shown to be able to correct the mutation and restore the enzyme's activity of the retinas of the mice. This correction prevented the death of rod and cone photoreceptors in the eye and helped to restore the mice's normal electrical response to light. The authors published the breakthrough study in the Journal of Experimental Medicine, then performed a series of behavioral tests with the mice to evaluate their sight. They found that the mice were able to navigate their way out of visually guided water maze almost as well as those with normal what is a visually guided water maze? almost as well as those with normal eyesight, and showed typical head movements in response to visual stimuli. The mice retained their good vision even into old age. Yao praised his team's finding but tempered their successful experiment by saying further studies were required. This is really exciting.
2: This is amazing. This is
4: big. This is huge. I'm a little nervous that it's coming out of Wuhan, but this is exciting. So we'll we'll be uh, keeping tabs on this to see what happens.
2: All right. Well, we we mentioned this in passing. We toasted Abby on St. Patrick's Day. We we got two different experiences of customer service, and the second one was really good. And the other one, the first one,
4: not so That's much. So much, yeah.
2: We decided to go out and get uh, have a beer.
4: We well, have to have green beer, and, and yeah. I wanted corned beef and cabbage, which we couldn't find anymore. So, so I she made, it. made some,
2: and yeah. it was yummy.
4: It's always yummy. I mean, yeah. how, how can you go wrong with potatoes and cabbage and corned beef and mm. all the yumminess? It's
2: potatoes it's anyway.
4: Potatoes. <laughs> so yeah.
2: Um, so far, my favorite brewery in the in Waco, in, in Waco area, and there's quite a few of them. Yeah, um, surprisingly. Yeah, there, we, I think we mentioned we went to brew at the zoo, and there were at least 10 or 11 or 15 breweries from the local area, and all of them had good beer, including the first place we went to is called, I'm not going to give them the name. They, yeah, we, uh, don't want
4: to, we don't want to talk smack about it. We don't want to talk uh, smack. Maybe they are just
2: having an off night, but there wasn't mm. even a shamrock on the wall.
4: And it was a Friday night, and it was dead. I know. So even if it wasn't St. Patrick's Day, it's like, dudes.
2: Yeah. And they had this Mexican beer that's out of this world, but we're going to go some other time and yeah. have it. We didn't want to do that at uh, Irish. Uh, have, we it, couldn't just find did. an
4: Irish pub anywhere near. Yeah, the good.
2: only one is there, there is a whiskey place, but we weren't. Whiskey and we were. We wanted beering. to be
4: able to drive home. <laughs> yeah,
2: so it was a school yeah, night. Yeah, we'd, well, we'd actually, go, it
4: wasn't no oh, Saturday.
2: But. We love Waco Ale, and they had a brand new beer for St. Patrick's mm. Day. I had never had a beer that sour before, and it tasted amazing. Yeah. I, you wouldn't think that a sour beer. What was it called? I don't remember what it's called, but it was it was quite good. I
4: forget what it was called, but it was an Irish. Stout, stout, yeah, but uh, um, not bitter, but sour. Yeah, and it was yeah. really surprising. I and it's so funny because it's a dark beer, but Jim still had them put green food coloring <laughs> in it for me. <laughs>
2: well, he—they're wonderful people, and they liked the new shirt Melanie got me for St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> had a cat wearing a, a couple of cats, and one of them's wearing a um, leprechaun hat, yeah. basically. I'm sure there's a, a specific name I, for I a think leprechaun it's just hat. A top
4: hat, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like the top a, has counter, it's a top hat, just green, and it head, has yeah. a little,
2: a gold uh, shamrock, shamrock on it. A...
4: Anyways, it was the atmosphere is much more what we we're looking for. Yeah. We, we chilled, we had a good time, drank a beer, um, and then came home. Yeah, went to bed. Went cause to bed because we're, we're, we're old. We don't party like
2: that no more.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember the one time we actually found an Irish pub and actually a live band and the whole bit. That was oh yeah, it
2: was wonderful. That was in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then last year there was we were living in another town which shall not go mm-hmm. mentioned, the unnamed and, town, the unnamed town. We've mentioned it in passing. I'm not even going to talk about them anymore. But they had a really a couple of really good breweries and one of them had live music and.
4: Mm-hmm. It was not Irish, but it was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I enjoyed it. All righty. Well, do we want to check in with old Chucky Pooh before we head to our mid reel? Yes, absolutely. All right, let's check in with Chucky Pooh.
2: And while we're
3: checking in with Chucky,
5: and now CCW News presents: Holy crap! This is actually happening. Don Bidenini edition, March 19, 2023. I'm Chuck U. Farley. The big news this week is the failure of the Silicon Valley Bank, which had many people asking, there was a Silicon Valley bank? Gavin Newsom, who has all of his business and personal finances invested in that bank, immediately got on the horn with Beijing Biden for a bailout, which the cabbage and chief enthusiastically supplied. The White House then assured us that there is absolutely no worry of other banks collapsing, so please don't run them even as several other woke institutions with boards full of inexperienced diversity hires fell like dominoes and will need massive amounts of federal support only rivaled by that which we're providing Ukraine. If you're curious about what caused the issue, it's simple. The Clinton administration set up the banks for failure so that the Obama administration could bail them out, so that the second Obama administration, also known as the Biden administration, could bail them out again, but this time blame it all on Trump. Speaking of Ukraine, in the theater of World War III, which we're totally not involved in starting yet completely funding, Russia has downed one of our drones into the Black Sea, where we're totally not at war with them other than sending our money, equipment, and military personnel. In wholly unrelated news, neither Flint, Michigan, nor East Palestine, Ohio have clean drinking water yet, mainly because there's no benefit to the Biden crime family. We're not allowed to report on that, though, because the state-owned media is frantically trying to blame the local reports of contamination on Russia. I swear, I am not making this up. In case you don't already have Biden crime family fatigue, yes, there's more. We already know that brain donor Joey took multiple bribes from communist China, and now it's out that his son Bo's widow, who also slept with his other son Hunter, took over $1 million in bribes. Er, I mean... Good faith seed funds. Given how many Bidens have plowed this field, one wonders what seeds these funds planted. Canada is advising the mentally ill men who think they're women, meaning it's physically impossible for them to have uteruses, should get screened for uterine cancer anyway, because Canada, eh? If you laughed at the left's ridiculous reaction to Trump's photo op in front of St. John's Church, your sides are going to split laughing at the photo op he's arranging of him in handcuffs this Tuesday. The mainstream media is already tuning their fiddle strings so he can play them like he always does. Infamous pedophile Gary Glitter was released to a halfway house, which became a one-quarter way house as he immediately attempted to reoffend and was one eighty'd right back into prison. In other news that makes you want to wretch, ranch dressing flavored ice cream is now a thing. I swear I'm not making this up. For C- W News, this has been holy crap, this is actually happening. I'm Chuck U. Farley. Good night, and may God help us.
3: I get it your parents were jerks and you're traumatized but that doesn't mean you should use your lousy childhood as an excuse to be a lousy adult stop being such a whiner and get past your past already buy get over it and get started the book by melanie hope that will get you out of your self-imposed failure and on the road to greatness available in paperback kendall and nook
5: In a land filled with deception, corruption, and the slow but steady erosion of constitutional freedom, one jackass, uh Democrat, stands head and shoulders above the rest. Coming soon to a state near you, Robert Francis O'Rourke is the Mexican. That's Beto. I mean, uh... That's Beto to you, senor. He is unafraid to show his true colors, whatever they are at a given moment. For too many years,
2: rich white men have run this country. Vote for me, and I promise I will...
4: Now wait a dang minute. Ain't you a rich white man?
2: Uh, you must
5: have mistaken me with some gringo, senor. Unafraid to tackle the numbers, even when they don't add up.
2: Well, Max, if we do not change our consumerist, wasteful habits, life as we know it will come to an end in ten years. But good sir, this timeline is being debunked by the very scientists who believe in climate change. Well, uh...
5: Are you saying I am telling a lie? That is very racist of you... Unafraid to tackle you. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15s and AK-47s.
4: But sir, how are you going to confiscate millions of firearms without due process and without straining government resources?
5: Well, uh... Trump's border policy is tearing families apart and white people like you think it's all right. Shame on you, gringo. Fear has a new name, and so does Robert Francis O'Rourke. The Mexican, coming soon to a democratic debate near you.
3: Leaders, listen up. Do you feel like you can't get a dang thing done because of all the namsy-pamsy crybabies that want you to coddle their creativity? When you give orders, are you met with vacant stares only rivaled by a cocker spaniel? It's not them. It's you. You need to shape up or they'll ship you out. Read the Sniper's Guide to Leadership and you'll become a more effective leader, communicator, and motivator forget smart goals and learn swift goals get the sniper's guide to leadership in paperback kindle and nook today this show is brought to you in part by pelosi
5: gourmet ice cream pelosi ice cream is as yummy as being third in line for the presidency and as cold as one of nancy's glares try all the great flavors in our lineup left wing lime power mad praline loose denture licorice vodka on the rocky road bad orange man sherbet blowout berry and our brand new taste combo sensation in peach mint whether you store it in your twenty-five thousand dollar freezer or lug it in your cooler as you walk aimlessly down lombard street while trying to avoid human feces you will love pelosi gourmet ice cream available at an overpriced upscale grocery store near you
4: Traveling shouldn't be a bore. It should be a chore. And at Dispirited Airlines, we will give you a fully modern flying experience that even the TSA envies. To keep our super low fares in the gutter, you can fully customize your experience by paying for endless extras. Carry on? No problem. We charge by the ounce for our convenience. Checked bags? No problem. <laughs> we don't check anything. Seat? You can't fly without one or the fee that comes with it. Air masks, window shades, vents—all yours for the asking and a low fee just below your ticket price. Pillow? Peanuts or water? 1950 called and wants its expectations back. You won't find such nonsense on Dispirited. We are a modern airline. As soon as you clean up after the previous occupant, you'll enjoy all the modern conveniences of a storage pocket and, on flights over two hours, a free reading light. Upgrade to our super deluxe seating package that includes cushions and armrests and is even bolted to the fuselage for your added safety. Another hallmark of our airline is our truly unique approach to customer service, meaning we don't offer any. At Dispirited, we treat you just like family. Get a truly 21st century family experience from our dour, ticked-off, overworked and underpaid flight attendants, counteragents, and flight crews. We might even start arguing with you and asking about your failed marriage, your dead-end job, or your weight, just to remind you why you have to fly Dispirited in the first place, you cheap loser. For a travel experience you'll never forget, although Lord knows you will try, call us today at 1 800 Dispirited or book online at please for the love of God don't cancel my flight again.com. Dispirited Airlines Third World Service with First World Fees. everybody. This is Fritzina Fluffybottom. Did you know that we have a subscribe star? We do! There are lots of fabulous extra things on there that you can't get anywhere else, like outtakes, new books, and extra videos. And you can sign up for as little as $1. Our entire show is funded by you, our loyal viewers. Please make sure you sign up today so that Mommy and Daddy can get me shiny new bells for my collar, extra feathery toys, yummy crumbly cat food bowls made just for kitty cats, more cow pillows for my couch, name brand, albacore tuna, my own baby cat- Now, see, that's why we can't have nice things. Welcome back to the show. Do we have some fun things to talk about? And, Jim, this first one is all yours. Well... I mean, she's just living up to her name.
2: Yeah, this time she is... <laughs> uh, Whoopi wh- or Whoopsie?
4: Whoop, whoop, whoopsie! Most of the view
2: burst into laughter after Whoopi Goldberg appeared to loudly pass gas during Wednesday morning show. The egot winner, know, oh, um okay, that's like
4: What's e- Emmy,
2: Grammy, Oscar, and
4: oh, that's the trifecta, type yeah, thing, yeah.
2: Winner appeared to accidentally let one rip while she was in the middle of making a talking point. That was gas. Goldberg admitted as her co-host in the audience oh, good Lord, cracked She up just again. announces it. Yeah,
4: everybody, amateur. Everybody knows you blame it on the dog. Oh it's, wait, but then no Joy dog. would be in trouble. Oh
2: yeah, we'll <laughs> that. Ha ha. The viewers were split, however, on whether the interruption was a burp or a fart. Ugh, spare me. Wait, uh, did hope he just pass gas? <coughs> what well, I mean that's she how she burped. That's They're so loud over talking to each other.
4: <laughs> Chad well, says female farts matter. <laughs> oh
2: boy. The talk show was interrupted weeks ago by another odd fart noise. In January, during a serious discussion about classified documents found at former Vice President Mike Pence's Indiana home, a drink spilled and began leaking off the table. Goldberg pointed out to co-host Sarah Haynes. Something was dripping as Haynes looked down to see she moved a little in her seat, while what appeared to be a fart noise sounded on the mic. We had a little spillage on the other side of the table, co-host Alyssa Farrow said, laughing and appearing a bit flustered. Now it's on my pants, Haynes said, as she and Goldberg tried to clean up the spill. The view has had its share of unwanted interruptions in recent years. Last year, Joy Behar face-planted in front of the audience, which caused the show to unveil new chairs on set. That was a glorious moment. More recently, Goldberg was heckled by an audience member who called her an old broad on television. I am an old broad and happy about it. Goldberg, 67, shot back. See, now with that, And a few days before that, she used a term to, you know, that used to be used a lot, meaning cheated or ripped off, and was, is now considered a slur against Romani people, gypsies. You know which one I'm talking Mm -hmm. about. She said it online, says live on air. She can't seem to keep herself out of the spotlight. Do you think that might be what is actually going on here? You think that she's, she's doing being it on controversial purpose? just to get just to get or is she just ignorant and dumb? Cuz I'll tell you something.
4: I'm both I loved I and loved dumb. her movies by the she's even She's not funny anymore. She I mean, used to be funny and now she's just mean.
2: Yeah, and I mean I I liked her movies even Jumpin' Jack Flash which nobody else liked and and it was like, you know, just whatever. And she was a brilliant stand-up comic back in her day, but I think mean, she's just taking the easy way out and raking in a lot of money, and just sitting there cackling and saying dumb stuff, like almost getting fired multiple times. And I mean, how, what's it going to take for for them to can her? Probably she's too they, popular. Yeah. When she got suspended, the the audience dropped.
4: Wait, they have an audience? People yeah. watch that on purpose.
2: It's the highest rated show in the morning. What? Yep. How? I just read the National Morning Show.
4: Those women are all harpies. They're dumbest. As... No,
2: they're not. They're not all that.
3: Just I just need oatmeal that
4: and... is more intelligent than all of those women combined.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, for uh, God's sake, Whoopi thought that Jill Biden should be the uh, uh, Surgeon General. She's a doctor in English, and she teaches children, not even real adults. Good lord.
2: Yep. Yep, 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 yep.
4: Okay. This one's interesting. (laughs) If this were to happen with our car, we would be
2: screwed. (laughs) We'd be walking everywhere, (laughs) riding a bicycle, which probably wouldn't be bad for me as I'm trying to lose weight, but, you know.
4: What do you mean I found life in an oatmeal bowl? I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm talking about. What well, was it? Farty Jew? That's basically her name. <laughs> okay, in an age where cars have started driving themselves, why not let them turn themselves in for non payment? Oh, God. Uh, you know, I have to hand it to Ford, though. They are innovators. I mean, they started this whole thing, they might as well finish this whole thing. Indeed. Ford Motors has reportedly applied for a patent on a system designed to try and get people to clear up late car payments, according to the Detroit Free Press. It could lead to cars driving themselves to repo lots. <laughs> they repossess themselves. I'm just it makes me think of, of that old TV show um uh, Night Rider. Uh huh. <laughs> When uh, somebody says something about how cool his car is and everything. And Mm. and David Hasselhoff says, oh, you know, I'm really into gadgets. And then for the rest of the the show, the car doesn't talk. Because the talking car was a big deal. Right. That was a big deal. And so finally, he's like, okay, what's going on? Why aren't you giving me this information? Why aren't you talking to me? And the car says, I'm not speaking to you. You called me a gadget. (laughs) I can just see my car getting mad at me. I'm not speaking to you. In fact, I'll be in my trailer and it drives to the repo lot. (laughs) Ford Global Technologies filed a patent application with the U.S. Trademark and Patent Office way back in August 2021, which was released recently for public review. A Ford spokesman confirmed the filing. The investor's of the, uh, sorry, inventors of the technology are Ford engineers. The applications presented a series of options that could, I bet you um, Teslas already have this.
2: Mm-hmm. I'll bet.
4: Yeah. Um, a series of options that in- could include the car driving away from private property to be picked up by a tow truck or taking it to a junkyard if the value is too low being the car that's like okay fine I'm being repossessed but I'm not worth resale so I'm just going to go to the junkyard Uh, there's going to be like traffic jams because all these really sad cars will be driving really slowly to the (laughs) junkyard (laughs) no disassemble
3: (laughs) 80's
2: reference (laughs) if
4: you get it extra points
2: indeed alright well This was a very, very misleading headline, and you have to understand this is from New Zealand, so they have a different way of putting things. The headline, I'm just going to go ahead and read it because it's going to be very misleading and it's funny. (laughs) Humming vibrator in Pacifica apartment tower sent 25 residents insane.
4: Oh, my.
2: Oh, my. An electric humming vibrator designed to upset neighbors operated for about a month inside New Zealand's tallest apartment tower, sending 25 neighbors just about insane before it was discovered and disabled, a resident says. Management of downtown Auckland's The Pacifica sent a notice thanking people for their patience while matters were resolved, but refused to talk to the Herald about it directly, citing privacy. A photo of the device, which emitted humming vibrations, showed it jammed between showed it jammed between two books in the top of wow, an internal he had window. Wow, you to
4: say showed it jammed between twice, and that mm, really bad place to hesitate. That was almost as bad as <laughs> so. <laughs> I was complaining that the corned beef was a little tougher than I'm used to, and he said, "Well, don't we have one of those things so that you can beat your beef?" <laughs> And we were actually like angry with each other at the time. We're like in a not really a fight, but we're right. like not being nice to each other yeah. at the moment. And he's like, Don't you have something that you can beat the beef with? And I lost it.
2: We can't stay mad at each other. It's disgusting. We Peyton. really suck
4: at it. Yeah, we <laughs> really do. And we'll be like screaming at each other and everything. And then all of a sudden he'll say something like, Beat your beef, and it's all over. <laughs>
2: Anyway, let me try this again. A photo of the device, which emitted humming vibrations, showed it jammed between two books on the top of an internal window high up in the $300 million, 57-level luxury apartment block. The device was plugged into the mains and had a metal rod nearly the height of the window and a purple plastic device on the end. So it obviously wasn't the kind of vibrator I thought it was when I saw the headline.
4: Well, I didn't know you could plug them in. Mm -hmm. I mean... Well, there you go. I've always looked for the Black & Decker.
2: (laughs) A resident explained a man had installed it in a window cavity behind a blind specifically to aggravate his upstairs neighbors for unknown reasons. The device causes a low vibrating type hum at about 35 to 40 cycles per minute at about 80 hertz. Why? It sounded like a cell phone ringing on vibrate stuck in the wall, but it never stopped and just continued all day, all night. Investigations took—I have no idea why—investigations took weeks. I also don't know why it was such a delayed response. Investigations <laughs> took weeks until management discovered the device. The residents said, "I've been told it's a ceiling vibrator V2 version, vibrating and knocking." It just about sent 25 residents insane because it took a month for it to be located. Everyone thought it was an electri- electrical or mechanical issue that created a dull, repetitive noise 24 hours a day. I know of residents who couldn't sleep in abandoned parts of their apartments, the residents said. Claire Chris Ivers, Pacifica Body Corporate Chairman, said due to privacy I can't discuss matters relating to individual <laughs> apartments and residents.
4: Chat. Hey Woody, guess what? Andy's mom has toys named Woody and Boz, too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh
2: man. Oh Lordy. Nice family entertainment round. <laughs> Ceiling hey, vibrators. No That's true. So far. Ceiling vibrators have a long height adjustable rod to run from floor to ceiling and make vibrations or knocking noise from the head. They can be remote controlled and once switched on, they transmit to upstairs neighbors. Thumpers were said to be invented in China and sometimes referred to as noisemaker revenge machines. As Chinese would call it, something direct like that. It's, It's cool. Yeah. What action the management has taken against the vibration using resident remains unknown. Whether they owned or rented the unit is undisclosed. Earlier, when they had located the noise close to the apartment, they asked for access and now believe the owner turned off and hid the unit when the apartment was inspected for the cause of the noise. This is why apparently it took so long to locate it, they said. Herald reported last month on the building's residents annual general meeting. Ivers cited fire sprinklers flooding apartments, hard water stains on windows, rubbish chute blockages, and construction defects as issues residents have dealt with. You know, something if I'm living on at the apartment we lived in when we first moved here, yeah. I wouldn't expect everything to go right, but when I'm these are luxury Well, when so you're a luxury called. apartment and you know in a luxury tower You should have to deal with that garbage. I'm sorry. Significant issues were the sprinkler floods and black water events. Black water events. In general, the sprinkler floods were were due to tradespeople or objects hitting sprinkler heads, Ivers said of the tower between Commerce and Gore Street. Issues have now been resolved. So, one lunatic sent another 25 people to the loony bin with a vibrator that wasn't a vibrator. And
4: we still don't know why.
2: Nope. They cited privacy, so that means we'll never find out. Murph. (laughs) Murph.
4: I mean, Murph. Murph. Seriously, Murph. Murph, I say. (laughs) God. Uh, Okay, this story kind of makes me sad because when I worked at World Vision, this was something that we were actually helping farmers do in order to generate electricity Literally, mm-hmm. for entire villages in Africa. And this guy turned it into a Ponzi scheme, When it's really sad.
2: Oh, that sinks.
4: All right. So, um, it's actually a well-written article, so I'm going to read it just as it says. Stop me if you've heard this one before. A guy embezzles nearly $9 million by convincing investors he was turning cow poop into green energy and then not building any of the machines at all. Uh. Yeah On Monday, 66-year-old Raymond Brewer of Porterville, California Of course, he's from California pled guilty to charges that he defrauded investors Court records show that Brewer stole Ah, yikes Mm. $8,750,000 from investors between 2014 and 2019 with promises to build anaerobic digesters or machines that can convert cow manure to methane gas that can be sold as energy on dairies in various counties in California and Idaho. I mean, this would solve so many problems. It's sad that somebody's taking advantage of it.
2: It's going to make people less trusting when when a legit person comes up and wants to offer it.
4: You know... Somebody brought this up, and and I agree 100%. You know that the so-called greenies, the people who believe in ESG and all this nonsense, you know that they're not serious because they won't even consider nuclear, which is really the answer to all of our energy problems.
2: It's nice and clean now, gang. We don't have any Chernobyls making three-armed
4: kids. No, third generation... Even uses the byproduct as fuel, mm-hmm. so there aren't any meltdowns, and there we don't even have to worry about storage of waste, and yet they're still can't <laughs> <laughs> get over it anyway i I know that they're not serious because okay now I have to I have to give kudos. AOC actually has turned around on that, okay. So she, one of her brain cells accidentally smacked into the other brain cell, and, and somehow they they made that different. Well, I will
2: give her credit then if yeah. she came around to... Uh, yeah,
4: I'll give her credit for that.
2: I'm happy that she All right, did. on
4: Monday, 66-year-old Raymond Brewer of Porterville, California, pled guilty to charges that he defrauded investors $8,750 million from investors between 2014 and 2019. Read all that, blah, 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 anaerobic, yada, yada, sorry, okay. But instead of actually building any of those digesters, Brewer spent it on stuff, like a new house and a new Dodge Ram. Oh no, not just a new Dodge Ram, many Dodge Rams. Sounds like Black Lives Matter. According to the U.S. Attorney's Office of the Eastern District of California, Brewer was a prolific scammer. He took potential investors on tours of dairies where he said he was going to build the digesters and sent fake documents where he'd signed agreements with those dairies. When investors asked how things were going, or for updates on the construction of the digesters, or how the digesters were running, brewers sent over fake construction schedules, fake invoices for project-related costs, fake power generation, power, blah, blah, power generation reports, fake recs, and fake pictures. I'd like to know how he takes a fake picture, as well as forged contracts with banks and fake international investors. He must have been great at Photoshop. Yeah, it sounds to me like he missed his calling. Part of the appeal of the scam was in what's known as renewable energy credits, REC, which is basically a Catholic apology, what were those called, Uh, indulgences, Mm -hmm. where you could say, well, I'm not really going to turn away from doing what I'm doing, but I can buy my salvation. Uh, otherwise known as credits issued by the federal government, signifying that renewable energy has been produced on a site. Those credits can then be sold to companies looking to offset their fossil fuel emissions. So, again, indulgences. Brewer told his investors that he'd get them 66% of the profits from those credits. (laughs) Five years is a hell of a long time to promise folks money and not deliver. It's true. Tell that to Obama, which is why the U.S. Attorney's Office has described Brewer's setup as a Ponzi scheme because he began repaying old investors with money he was scamming off of new ones, robbing Peter to pay Paul. When investors began to get suspicious, the U.S. Attorney's Office said Brewer moved to Montana and assumed a new identity. He was finally arrested in 2020. Uh, this actually goes on for quite a ways, but basically, mm. the guy try. Uh, you have to hand it to him; he turned poop into dough. Hmm. Indeed. But sadly, this is a real thing that we could actually be doing. Oh, I if know. If we didn't have a, a corrupt jackhole.
2: Like I said, it's going to ruin a lot of potential investors yeah. when the real thing and is that, available.
4: That really, really sucks. Donkey water. Yes, so it I does. Have to say about that.
2: Speaking of abrupt subject changes A woman from New Jersey has received her prison sentence After pleading guilty to charges Connected to a crash that killed a firefighter Melanie loves firefighters So this is going to really stir up her ire I was
4: flirting with one just this morning
2: Indeed, he goes to our church
4: He's really nice fellow He's he's even older than my husband So yeah, way Way too old for me
2: (laughs) Such a cradle robber I don't know how I managed to get away with this Philadelphia Inquirer reports that Jacqueline Walker, 64, was sentenced to between 12 and 24 years in state prison for driving her vehicle into one police officer and three firefighters, killing Thomas Royds, 48, of the Belmont Hills Fire Department. Walker told investigators that she she was lost trying to drive home the night of the crash and swerved onto the shoulder of the highway to avoid fire trucks that were responding to a previous vehicle accident on Interstate 76. Walker said she only noticed the first responders that she collided with at the last second. Who, boy. Walker told investigators... How did
4: you not notice people that you're plowing into?
2: Until the very last minute? I don't know. Don't know. Walker told investigators she'd been previously pulled over three separate times by police from three different departments on the trip. Prosecutors said that her vehicle was in a serious state of disrepair, including faulty brakes, and her decision to continue driving it showed a disregard for the safety of others. I hope she never gets to drive again. ABC reports investigators said Walker had been speeding before the accident and that she admitted to knowing that three of the four brakes in her vehicle don't work. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. She pleaded guilty to guilt charges of third-degree murder, aggravated assault by vehicle, and reckless endangerment. So yeah, she's going to be put away for a bit. And I couldn't be happier. Oh, Let's talk even more about things as to why we can't have nice things, type of things. All righty. A Southwest flight was diverted from Raleigh-Durham International Airport, leaving passengers stranded with no information or food in a closed Myrtle Beach Airport overnight, along with a full plane of fellow travelers. The nine-hour ordeal involving Southwest Flight 3094 included three passengers vomiting as the plane shook like crazy, recounted one North Carolina couple on board. Another person, the couple said, had a panic attack and passed out on the plane amid its wild approach into Raleigh, which was aborted at the last second at 1,350 feet. Why would you wait until 1,350 feet to decide to divert? That's insane. It was quite a horrifying experience. We get we go to land in Raleigh and the plane starts shaking like crazy. Then they decide to tell us 15 minutes later... We're going to Myrtle Beach, said Nicholas Reed, who's traveling with his girlfriend, Chris Spence. On Friday night, a southwest official at the Myrtle Beach International Airport said the plane had been diverted because weather issues caused the jet to experience a low-fuel situation. You
4: know, I ran out of the room so you could read this one because I literally lived through this in the same place.
2: Not her favorite
4: airport. (laughs)
2: The passengers from the full Boeing 737 got safely on the ground at Myrtle Beach but were held on the plane for two hours before before they were finally set free inside the closed airport for nearly four hours, the couple said. But once at the airport, the ordeal was far from over, Spence and Reed said. We couldn't go anywhere because they wouldn't give us our luggage, Reed said. One group of guys found a bar and went behind it and just started pouring themselves drinks because there was no security. i got to admit, even I would probably do that. The long travel day for Spence and Reed began when they were supposed to leave Baltimore for Raleigh-Durham around 7 p.m. Friday. Instead, the southwest plane sat idling for 40 minutes with the engine running, burning fuel. Finally, around 7.40 p.m., the jet took off. Around 9 p.m., the plane was nearing Raleigh. Coming into Raleigh, they started landing like normal. We had the window open in our seats so we could actually see the ground, said Reed. The wings were flapping. They were shaking, Spence said. Two people were vomiting pretty close to us, but everyone was pretty silent. I guess they were just in suspense, like, could this be it, Reed said. However, Southwest Flight 3094 ended up landing far from Raleigh. Fifteen minutes goes by, and the captain comes back on and says, Hey, I'm going to be beach in 25 minutes. Please. We're like, what? According to flight tracking site FlightAware... As the plane approached Raleigh-Durham, the jet's altitude dropped as low as 1,350 feet. Southwest Airlines said in a statement Saturday, Like, we made the decision to safely divert Southwest Flight 3094, man, to NYR due to weather conditions at RDU. We brought in another crew and aircraft to transport the passengers to their final destination as soon as we were, like, you know, able to safely do so. Spence said passengers were told by told another plane was on its way to Myrtle Beach to take them to Raleigh. Then that captain and our flight attendants all leave and we get stuck in the airport. There were no vending machines in the entire terminal. Of course all the restaurants were closed down, Reed said.
4: That sounds like Kansas City.
2: Yeah. Finally they say sometime after one AM an empty plane from Baltimore came and eventually flew everyone to Raleigh. When we did when we got back to Raleigh, four AM. So it was a really terrible experience. I'm, I'm
4: having they didn't
2: offer us flashbacks
4: me- <laughs> as you're reading this. I'm <laughs> That's why she had
2: me do it. They didn't offer us meal vouchers or anything. I nope. was like, we fly Southwest all the time, said Reed. Not okay, anymore. In,
4: in, in my case, though, it wasn't a Southwest flight. I'm not going to say who it was, but it wasn't Southwest. So, But yeah. I am having flashbacks. <laughs>
2: It was a bigger national airline. I'm well, just okay, say that. so
4: before we even took off from Las Vegas, so I hadn't even left home yet, something happened and we were stuck for an hour and a half on the tarmac where they turned off the AC in a hundred and ten degree weather. They did. I will hand it to them. They did give us free water because usually they don't do that. And now you know what airline it is.
2: Oh dear, was that one? Yeah. <laughs> That was bad enough just flying it. Anyway, um, I was like, we fly Southwest all the time, said Reed. Southwest Airlines also said, we apologize to the inconvenience and encourage our passengers to reach out to our customer (laughs) relations team with any concerns. I mean, this wouldn't have happened back in 1980, you know, back when airlines cared about their, when they were aware and... Anyhow.
4: Okay, I'm, I'm now. This doing, one's going to work her up because she. I'm doing hates... my Lamaze breathing.
2: <laughs> yeah, this this one's going to hurt Melanie's head.
4: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> See you. Let's just say that. Um, okay, we don't have Fred Myers here. No. And we didn't have them in Vegas, so is that like a Northwest thing?
2: Yeah, Fred Meyer was exclusively uh, Oregon, Northern California, and Washington, and right now I think they're just in Oregon and Washington.
4: Okay.
2: They are a regional... When I worked there, they were independently owned, but at shortly thereafter, they and the QFC chain were bought by Kroger, which is a national,
4: yeah. national chain. We which did have a Kroger that was... Which one was it? I get them backwards.
2: We have Smith's in Las Vegas, which was Kroger. that's what it was, yeah. And they've got Kroger here in Texas, but not around, not
4: in See, Central. Yeah, I Smith's. Yeah, Smith's was great. All right. A Portland, of course it's Portland, Fred Meyer Grocery Store has fired a black security guard after a white Antifa member complained accusing him of being a proud boy and a white supremacist.
2: She swears. She's not, not making, making this, this up. up.
4: <laughs> On March 3rd, a self-proclaimed Antifa scum and cop hater, that's what he calls himself, Melissa, oh, I'm sorry, herself. Oh, my God, I messed up his, her these, them's pronouns.
2: Oh, you're finished.
4: 90 bucks, what color you her hair is? Don't be working this
2: town again.
4: 90 bucks, what color her hair is. Melissa Lewis, who was recently convicted for slashing up a Portland police vehicle, shared a complaint by Antifa riot arrestee Dustin B. Fiara against twenty eight-year-old security guard Andrew Duncombe, tagging Fred Meyer on Twitter. Fred Meyer stop hiring Proud Boys as security, Lewis wrote in a quote tweet of a video by Ferreira. Ferrero wrote, I am truly beyond shook right now. Proud Boy and Far Right Unite the Right. R-I-T-E. Andrew Duncombe, Black Rebel, is working security this moment at Fred Meyer Providence Park. He posts a video on social media. Of course he does. In the video recorded by Portland Antipa member Dustin Ferrara at Fred Meyer, he's seen stalking security guard Andrew Duncombe. Uh, André Nyo, who is an incredibly brave reporter...
2: Amazing journalist.
4: uh, ...posted the video, uh, this video was used to convince the grocery store to remove Duncombe from being a security at any of its locations. Fred Meyer, you suck. I will never shop anywhere at any of your organizations. Thank God for H-E-B. Are you now telling me that as an adult disabled by white violence that I now also need to walk past a violent white supremacist to pick up my life-saving medications at Fred Meyer Pharmacy. Oh, across the street
2: to Target, you weenie.
4: Wrote a user on... Uh, uh,
2: or, or Rite Aid or whatever. Or just
4: get over yourself and, oh, dude, black guy is not a white supremacist, you freak. The grocery store, of course, completely cucked, replied six days later, bowing to the demands of the extremists. <clears throat> we stand firmly against discrimination and injustice of any kind, they wrote. We have taken immediate action to terminate the security guard's assignment at any of our Fred Meyer locations. Screw. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Really, Fred Meyer? Really? Good God.
2: Well, you also have. But you have to consider if they didn't, they'd probably burn the freaking store down.
4: Mm. Yeah, but the thing is, the guy who's whining isn't the one who's going to be spending money there.
1: True.
4: Yeah. Duncombe, who was employed by an independent security company contracted by Fred Meyer, told the Post Millennial, I was helping a customer who had asked me where a certain item was in the store. I noticed from the corner of my eye a man in a power wheelchair recording me with his cell phone. My life that! Oh my God! Okay, you got to take a look at this guy. Well, I've seen that. I've seen this guy. Oh, ain't he pretty?
2: He ain't the prettiest thing I ever did see.
4: Duncombe narrowly survived a stabbing by an Antifa suspect while live-streaming a riot in downtown Portland in 2020. The blade was only inches from his spinal cord. Oh, I thought they were completely peaceful. It was no, the mostly of That criminal case is still ongoing, with Duncombe acting as a key witness against suspect Blake David Hempe, who has prior federal conviction for possessing... Oh, God. Why are they all pedos? They're all pedos. All of them. (sighs) Antifa have sought to intimidate Duncombe for his cooperation in the investigation for his past affiliation with right-wing men's group Proud Boys, which ended around 2017. So this happened in 2020 and they're going all the way back to 2017 to try to say that what happened in 2020 was invalid because he's a black white supremacist. But you're a pedo, booby. You're a pedo. Good God. I love the purple hair. <sighs> Duncombe said that when he realized he was being followed while working, he recognized the person as a known Antifa agitator. I knew from previous interactions with Dustin Ferrara that if I gave him a chance to get close, he would have publicly accosted me and would have made a scene in the store. He added that once he helped the customer, he removed himself from the store to avoid any possible contact with Dustin. Oh, he actually went on Fox News and talked about it. Dancom says he faced similar situation in early 2022 when he worked at Walmart and was fired following a similar harassment campaign orchestrated by Antifa members. Really, Walmart? Really? Sorry about the ears, guys. Piara himself was banned from Twitter in 2020 for hate speech and has a there's no such thing, and has a history of violent outbursts. Surprise, surprise, Mr. Pedo. He was one of many who mobbed the hotel. The post millennial senior editor Andy Noe took refuge in. Threatening to harm him after he was assaulted on the street. They beat the living crap out of that poor guy. And any random Asian dude because they're too damn dumb to tell the difference. You know, because they're all tolerant and, you know. Just days after getting Duncom fired, Fiara was caught on camera harassing another person at the same Fred Meyer and throwing his groceries into the garbage while he was checking out. You got someone fired here for no reason whatsoever, just so you can f- get fame. That's it, Portland Citizen Journal Brandon Farley told Viara. Fritzy, it is not your turn. You don't care about anyone but yourself, he continued. The store supervisor asked Viara to leave as he continued arguing. <laughs> this is March 6, 2023, and he is wearing a face diaper.
2: Of course he is.
4: Farley told the post-millennial it's impossible not to notice Dustin's physical disability, which has him confined to a wheelchair. Mm, wondering if that's, um, legit. Antifa uses it to their advantage. I run into him frequently at Fred Meyer since we both happen to live in relative proximity. He will usually say something adversarial to me in passing. Some days he says nothing at all and just gives me the finger as he rolls by. Sounds like a fun guy to have at parties. Fred Meyer's tweet announcing Duncombe's departure has been met with over 1,000 comments, mostly criticizing the Kroger-owned supermarket chain. I think I may have added my voice to that. Duncombe has stopped live streaming and political activism and commentary for several years. At the end of 2021, I made the decision to seek a career in security work and from then on carry myself as a professional, he said. But Antifa don't have anything better <clears> then <throat> follow him around I'm a piece of work this one's just sad
3: this yeah this one.
2: is this is really sad this is from here in the Lone Star state in Houston a substitute teacher in Houston is left with questions after her newly bought home was destroyed by the city but the city is asking why it was sold to her two years after being condemned. As first published by ABC 13 in Houston, Laxie Nagarai had moved to Houston from India about six years ago, dreaming of owning a home. As a Houston ISD substitute teacher, she saved up for years in order to make this dream a reality. Early last month, Nagarai went to a Harris County tax sale auction, finally bidding $57,000 for a home. ABC 13 reports the home was on Wiggins Street in the Pleasantville area in Northeast Houston. <clears throat> the woman said she was aware the house needed repairs, but said she was prepared for the work. Nagaraj said she had to wait until the deed arrived before she could start working on the house. ABC 13 reports the paperwork arrived on March 11th, and the following day she went to change the locks on the house, but it was gone. <laughs> The city of Houston has since released a statement to ABC 13 confirming the house was demolished on February 22nd, about two weeks after Nagarai had bought it. However, the city says its Building and Standards Commission ordered the demolition on April 27, 2021.
4: did contact the owner? That just seems weird to me.
2: The statement from the city of Houston Department of Neighborhoods released to ABC reads as follows. The city did not notify Ms. Nagarai because she was not listed as the owner on HCAD in in 2021 when the city began to take corrective action on this property. That
4: sounds like what happened to our car in Vegas.
2: Yes. Uh, da, 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 da. The commission found the building to be a dangerous building and presented a serious hazard to public safety. The administrative order gave the owner up to 45 days from the order date to either repair or demolish the building. If the owner fails to comply with the order, the owner's time expires, and the city moves forward in the interest of public safety to satisfy the order and demolish the building without further notice. ABC 13 asked for further clarification, such as how this could happen. They were told their questions will require time to address. (laughs) Your your tax dollars at work, Houston. Your
4: tax dollars at work.
2: (laughs) Meanwhile, the Texas teacher says she's lost her home, her savings, and now her hope and her American dream. No one informed me, Nagarai told ABC 13 in an interview. No one cared about me. It's as if I didn't feel like I'm living in Houston, Nagarai said. I'm in a third world country where there is no law and order. Welcome to America, 2023.
4: Wow. Yeah. Speaking of welcome to America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is not Bubble Waters. It is no longer 2020. But this is your new... Abnormal. I, I think I probably have a much higher IQ than
3: you do. I suspect. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two thirds of my class. And then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. I can say one thing. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half
0: scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now
1: Biden says Newsweek is
0: right. His memory had failed him.
5: She's in each all.
3: I'm the only president they got.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, the White House Press Secretary. Welcome everyone, sit down. Today's briefing will indeed be brief. <laughs> See what I did there? Oh, I'm so witty. <laughs> and darling, just look at my round face and cute bouncy girls. Every woman wants me. I mean, could I look any more like a chocolatey porcelain doll? Okay, our main announcement is that this administration will no longer be giving State of the Union addresses. We can all see that things are going exactly as planned, so why dwell on it? Instead, we will be focusing on our successes. So welcome to the first biannual State of the Diversity address. We made it by due to our overwhelming support of the LGBTQQIP2SAAFJB community. This is how devoted we are to diversity. I am thrilled to announce that this administration is the most diverse in history, and we are absolutely dedicated to hiring only the most qualified people for each position. For instance, I am a press secretary who cannot answer questions or speak coherently without reading what I'm saying, so I qualify for my position because I am a gay black immigrant with a hyphenated French name. Our first female vice president is a barren Indian Jamaican granddaughter of a slaveholder who celebrated Kwanzaa before it was even made up. Her other qualifications are listening to Tupac before his first album, joking about smoking pot, and locking up thousands of black people for smoking pot. Our transportation secretary needed absolutely no experience or knowledge in transportation because he's gay and doesn't actually do anything. Who better to serve as secretary of health than the first female four-star admiral who never actually served in any branch of any military? Dr. Levine is an obese, mentally ill man in a dress whose pediatric background led him to firmly encourage mutilating children. Okay, technically Rachel is only the assistant secretary, but no one pays attention to Xavier Bacara because he only barely qualifies due to being straight and male, but he is the first Hispanic in his position, so we let that one slide and just give Rachel the limelight. Ketanji Brown Jackson is the first ever black person to be appointed to the Supreme Court because Thurgood Marshall and Clarence Thomas just don't count. She's even more qualified because she admitted she doesn't have any constitutional law experience or opinions and is a woman who doesn't know what a woman is. Our former Deputy Assistant Secretary for Spent Fuel and Waste Disposition in the Office of Nuclear Energy, Sam Brinton, is a bald porn stash sporting non-binary man who loves wearing designer gowns he steals from baggage carousels. He will be reinstated as soon as we can get the K for Klepto added to the acronym. With President Joe Biden as the perfect example and guide going forward, the federal government will only be hiring or appointing the most qualified candidates based on their color, genitals, mental deficiencies, and fetishes. If you can't check the bigot boxes on the application, don't bother to apply. I won't be taking any questions. Get out. Well, that sounds like pretty much every presser we've (laughs) had in the past two years.
2: Speaking of diversity...
4: She's a good reader, though. You have to hand it to her. Yeah. And she's cute. She's She's cute. I I won't deny the the
2: girl's good-looking. It's just, you know, just very, (laughs) very odd. (laughs) Speaking of odd, a Norwegian programmer has revealed a conceptual design for a video game centered around slaughtering women that he refers to as... Gender fascist, for being critical of gender ideology. Huh? Moen first began posting images from his project Turfenstein 3D in July and has since shared over a dozen updates on Twitter, including videos of gameplay. Advertising his concept on Twitter, where else? Moen encouraged player, encourages players to put blood on the walls and refers to the enemy characters in the game as gender fascists. In his tweets, he incorporates gender hashtags fascist. such as Hashtag turfs, Uh, hashtag adult. I get called a
4: turf on a daily basis. And I'm more upset that they think I'm a feminist than all the other (laughs) things.
2: He He incorporates hashtags such as hashtag turfs, hashtag adult human female, and hashtag turf island, which is used as a derogatory nickname for the United Kingdom, known internationally for having a strong feminist presence opposing... Gender identity ideology.
4: Adult human female is somehow a pejorative?
2: I don't know. The game appears to be imitating the 1992 classic shooter Wolfenstein 3D, which follows a spy escaping from a prison in Nazi controlled Germany. That sounds like fun to play. Moen adopted the styling of Wolfenstein 3D but traded out the Nazi enemies for depictions of women. In place of a swastika, the women wear armbands that display a double X logo which bears a striking resemblance to the symbol used by the women's rights organization, organization Women's Declaration International. Lead representative for WDI Norway, Christina Ellingson, told Redux she believed Moen was clearly appropriating the WDI logo and wondered how he might choose to depict a top-level feminazi boss in the game. Ellingson is no stranger to the slandering of women who criticize gender identity beliefs as gender fascists. She's currently facing up to three years in prison for publicly stating that men can neither be mothers nor lesbians.
4: They can't. My God, people are getting imprisoned for science?
2: The legal complaint was brought about.
4: People, the world is round. It's round.
2: The the legal complaint was brought about against her by a trans rights lobby organization called WDI, a hate group. The person responsible for her charges, Christine Gentoft, is a man who identifies as a lesbian woman.
4: You're still a man, dumbass.
2: In June, he participated in a panel discussion about gaming with Moen. Mm. The the representation of women's sex chromosomes as resembling Nazi ideology shows how far gone these women often are, Ellingson said. Accusations that women who care about women's rights are feminazis is nothing new, though, she added. Male threats of violence against women and girls in the digital sphere is obvious and ubiquitous, but uh, to men who claim to be women, digital media is used for a kind of gla- gamification. Okay. Gamification. Thank you. I had no idea what that meant. Gamification of, gamification of misogyny. Gamification of misogyny. that is unprecedented, Ellingson stated. She referenced several examples, including a browser application designed to highlight in red characters' social media accounts said to be said to belong to so-called turfs. And the pornography genre, known as forced feminization. I want to go on and on. This thing lasts forever. You get no, the idea. No, it gets ickier and ickier. Yes, and uh, do you want to find out? Do you want me to keep going? No. Okay.
4: Like I said, it gets ickier and ickier. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, this is kind of on the same ilk. Now, please, please bear in mind, as I read this article, remind yourself constantly that this child goes to a Catholic high school. So just keep reminding yourself of this. A Catholic high school student in Canada, of course, (laughs) was reportedly arrested Monday after being suspended for protesting against transgender people's use of bathrooms and saying there are only two genders at a Catholic school. And now he's appealing to Ontario's Human Rights Tribunal, which they don't give a crap about because they don't like humans. Josh Alexander, 16 years old, said the leadership of St. Joseph's Catholic High School in Renfrew, Ontario, told him that his continued attendance would be detrimental to the physical and mental well-being of transgender students.
2: At a Catholic high school.
4: How could his... Attendance be detrimental to people who are already batshit crazy.
2: And we just got knocked up to a PG.
4: Yay. <laughs> you get more money for PG than G. That's true. The high school junior tweeted that Ontario police arrested and charged him after he attempted to attend classes in violation of an exclusion order following his suspension earlier this school year. Keep in mind that in Ontario... School is mandatory. Mm-hmm. It, it's compulsory. If you do not attend school, you go to jail. So, a kid tried so to go to school, and he got arrested yeah. anyway. Yeah. Offense is obviously defined by the offended, Alexander told the Epic Times. I expressed my religious beliefs in class and it spiraled out of control. Not everybody's going to like that. That doesn't make me a bully. He's well-spoken for a 16-year-old. Mm. It doesn't mean I'm harassing anybody. They express their beliefs and I express mine. Mine obviously don't fit the narrative. No, his fit science and logic and reality. God forbid. Your listening audience gets YouTube rated R sometimes just because we are here and YouTube may know it. (laughs) That's the best comment of the night.
2: Absolutely.
4: (laughs) Alexander, who described himself as a born-again Christian and led student action in support of last year's trucker convoy, reportedly has not been to school since he was first suspended in November. He was hit with a suspension for allegedly organizing protests at a school against biological males and girls bathrooms and arguing in class that God created two unchangeable genders. So science.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Multiple-
4: it's
2: science and and religion both.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean it, they're not mutually exclusive people. Multiple students, including trans students, were kind of shouting me down, the student told the Epoch Times of the Classroom Exchange. Alexander said he was told by his principal that he was allowed to return to school only if he stopped using the dead name, which is the given name, of transgender students who shouldn't be attending a Catholic high school <coughs> and excluded himself from classes with two gen- transgender blah, blah, Two transgender students who objected to his religious views about gender.
2: Like his Catholic views? His Christian
4: views? His science-based views? Excuse me while I take a drink some coffee. Criminy. Even though it was lifted in January, Alexander's suspension has effectively continued after the Renfrew County Catholic District School Boards excluded him... For the rest of the year, according to a legal counsel at Liberty Coalition Canada, Alexander remains unsure whether the technically non-disciplinary action will continue into the next year. Alexander's lawyer, James Kitchen, told, uh, said the school has accused his client of bullying transgender students. Uh, they're such victims. God, they're just such whiny, fragile, crazy, just... Oh God! What happened to the just live and let live stuff you swore about? <coughs> Obviously, he doesn't actually bully, that, bully them as that term would be defined by reasonable people. <laughs> you Kitchen know told the Epoch Times. He's not going to seek them out and call them names and make fun of them, but he does express his views about what these people say and about what they believe and about what they're doing. And he expresses, his, expresses them online and he expresses them in the class, which kind of is the point of school. You're supposed to express your ideas and discuss them. Later this month, Alexander plans to appeal his original suspension to the Provincial Human Rights Tribunal, which would bring his case before a school board panel. Sounds like they've already cupped to the mafia, the alphabet mafia. (coughs) The appeal has reportedly hit a technical snag regarding whether Alexander is independent of his parents. Mm. The principal of St. Joseph Catholic's High School told Fox News Digital he was prohibited under Canadian law from commenting on the ongoing case. Yeah, I bet Turdo has a hand in this. Imagine being arrested
2: For it's expressing an like we're opinion It's like we
4: back to this well, No, for expressing the fact The scientific fact That there's only two genders I mean, imagine being arrested for that While attending a Catholic high school I mean, that's insane Canada's Canada completely fallen Canada's gone
2: Now we're following
4: Oh yeah, we're, we're happily following along
2: <coughs> okay. See. You. See. You. This might be the last before our, our wonderful. Or we're getting close to the end oh, of the yeah. show here.
4: We don't want to rage against the machine for the I think you should be the last one boo.
2: The last one boo. The okay. The very last one boo. The very last one boo. Okay. Mm-hmm. Prepare for Jimbo snaps. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. <laughs> you know, Nothing surprises me anymore. I remember getting upset when they were when I first heard that there was going to be a female 007 and what turned out to be the last Daniel Craig movie it turned out to be totally okay. So that's one thing, but this is bonkers. <laughs> if I were will we'll go into it in just a moment here. Great picture of James Bond from uh, Live and Let Die with two of his beautiful female co-stars. James Bond novels have been rewritten to remove a number of racial references from Ian Fleming's work The Telegraph Can Reveal. All of the author's thrillers featuring 007 are set to be reissued in April to mark 70 years since Casino Royale, the first book in the series, was published. Ian Fleming Publications Limited, the company that owns the literary rights to the author's work commissioned a review by sensitivity readers of the classic text under his control. Um, okay.
4: Do I need to play the... the no, the, the, the no, okay. I don't
2: have time for that. <laughs> There's no time. We it's way too late. Room.
4: We got wiggle room. Got I don't care about
2: the wiggle room. Wiggle the wiggle room, if you know what you I mean.
4: Say what you need to
2: say. No, I'm going to say exactly what, I, what I'm about to say. <laughs> this guy, okay. Let me back up a little bit. One of the funniest things I've ever seen in a James Bond movie came out with the Timothy Dalton movie, License to Kill, during the end credits. You know, he smoked a cigarette, and they're saying, you know, we want to remind you that cigarette smoking can be dangerous. Yeah, getting shot and banging a bunch of women. With, <laughs> I mean, that that's not, that ain't no big deal, but smoking. Ah! Yeah. Well... I thought that was ridiculous but now it's like well no cuz here we go. I mean it's one thing what was that other author um where they were messing with the work and audit? oh yeah um Roll Roll Doll we talked about that last week He was like no don't do this and Ian Fleming's ah, okay Ian Fleming publications uh, did, he commission- really, did
4: he really cook?
2: Roll Doll no. No no Ian Ian Fleming's been dead for decades. Oh, okay,
4: so he couldn't cook.
2: Yeah, he yeah, he, he wasn't able to... Yeah, because
4: Roald Dahl was like, I'm going to sink he, my he, alligator on he here. He died,
2: you remember, around the... I think he died around the time from Russia with Love was made.
4: Right. So like
2: the second or third Bond movie. He was either... Was I even it,
4: born yet?
2: No, you weren't. <laughs> I wasn't either, to be fair. Um... <laughs> The Telegraph understands that a disclaimer accompanying the reissued text will read. This book was written at a time when terms and attitudes which might be considered offensive by modern readers were commonplace. A number of updates have been made in this edition, while keeping as close as possible to the original text and the period which was set. The changes to Fleming's books result in some depictions of black people being reworked or removed. Dated references to other ethnic ethnicities let's, remain, let's such That's as Bond's racial terms for East Asian people and the spies disparaging views of Odd Job Goldfinger's Korean henchman. References to the sweet tang I love of Odd Job. He's one of the greats. References. He's to,
4: the one of the hat, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love him. References. Badass.
2: I know he's badass. He's totally badass. Couldn't be more badass. References to the sweet tang of rape, blithering women falling to do, failing to do a man's work, and homosexuality being a stubborn disability also remain. So what was the deal with that? In the sensitivity reader approved version of Live and Let Die, Bond's assessment that would-be African criminals in the gold and diamond trades are pretty law-abiding chaps, I should have thought, except when they're drunk too much becomes... Pretty law-abiding chaps, I should have thought. Another altered scene features Bond visiting Harlem in New York, where salacious strip teas in a night cove makes the male crowd, including 007, increasingly agitated. The original passage read, Bond could hear the audience painting and grunting, panting. I need to stop. I need to wear glasses when I'm reading this stuff. Panting and grunting like pigs at the trough. He felt his own hands gripping the tablecloth. His mouth was dry. The revised... Section replaced the pig's reference with Bond could sense the electric tension in the room. Boring. Oh my god. I'm not even going to go over the rest of these. Fortunately, these books have been around for decades and you could just buy the the original versions pretty much anywhere. I want to apologize. I was rude to my wife. Again, I apologize. <laughs> So anyway, I I just I was trying to say the same sentence over and over again, and it was. I'm sure she didn't intend any um, negativity. I apologize.
4: Well, I think we're ready for our final segment tonight, which is my favorite by far. And this one, I'm just going to warn you, folks, grab the tissue. Here on counterculture Wise, we may rant, we may rave, but most of all, we go against the current culture because we believe, to the core of our beings, that humans are good and the world is an amazing and beautiful place. At the beginning of our show, we give you news of the weird and wonderful, but that is just the tip of the magnificent iceberg that is our world. We now present news of the wonderfuler
2: wants attention.
4: Alright guys get the Kleenex because <clears throat> you're going to need it after I try to pronounce this name. <laughs> I
2: can try
4: because uh,
2: I'm going to take a stab at it who
4: shall henceforth be called Brock because I <laughs> ain't trying that name again. Okay
2: yeah just call him Brock Let's make it easy. The
4: owner of a New York-based property management company became the unlikely guardian of a 93-year-old Holocaust survivor after saving her life last year. It was a turn of events that no one, including Brock, had expected... (laughs) In September of 2021, Brock, CEO of Co-Manage and Core Group, made a deal to buy one of his first apartment buildings in Binghamton in upstate New York. The deal, however, came with an unusual condition. He had to take care of a 93-year-old building resident named Alice Schumann. Brock told Fox News Digital in an interview that he was outbid by someone else willing to pay $100,000 for the property. However, the prior owner told Brock that he would take 50000 off the price, like literally half, as long as Brock agreed to the specific term. I'm already getting the feels. He took a $50,000 haircut to make sure this woman is being taken care of, he said. Brock admitted that he had no idea what this entailed, but he happily agreed. Eventually, he learned that the former property owner who was looking to retire had been escorting Schumann to the bank, to her doctor and to the grocery store once a month. He was also underchanging her, I'm sorry, undercharging her drastically for her rent. He was charging her about $200 a month, while the same units in the building were going for around $2,000. For over 60 years, Schumann had been living there, and the previous owner never had the heart to raise her rent. So neither did he. He charged Schumann the same $200 monthly rate, it's just hard for me to believe that people like this still exist. I mean, this is straight out of a 1940s movie.
2: I know, after after all these stories of horrible people doing yeah. horrible, stupid stuff, and then...
4: And on the first of every month, Brock took her around to all her errands. It was like clockwork, he recalled. Schumann would knock on his door that first day of the month with her rent payment in hand at 9 a.m., and he would drive her wherever she needed to go. She literally had nobody else, he said. That was a lot of the reason that it went the way that it did. The duo bonded on each trip. and She looks like just a darling woman. Yeah, she does. As their relationship grew, Brock eventually found out that Schumann survived the Holocaust and came over to the U.S. from Germany after the concentration camps were liberated. Although Brock never learned other details of her past, he did discover that her parents and sister all died in the camps. A few months into their arrangement, Brock woke up on the first of the month without a knock on his door. A day later, he was walking by her door. He heard faint calls for help coming from inside her apartment, so he kicked down her door and called 911. At the hospital, medical professionals deemed Schumann unfit to take care of herself. However, since she didn't have any living relatives or friends, she was going to be put in the state's care, he said. Brock's mom, a nurse by profession, told him that Schumann wouldn't be treated too well if that happened, so he got a lawyer and became her legal guardian, (laughs) along with his mom, in order to make medical decisions on her behalf. This guy deserves sainthood. (laughs) (laughs) I was visiting her every single day. They actually had a joke on the floor that she had a young boyfriend, he said. (laughs) I'd bring her food. I'd bring her flowers. At first we, at first, it was hard for Schumann to believe that we genuinely didn't, genuinely didn't want anything from her. However, when Brock and his family kept showing up at the hospital to see her and then at the nursing home where she was transferred, she began to trust them. he recalled. He even kept her apartment empty for nine months while she was in the hospital, hoping she'd be able to return home. Brock said the best way to describe his relationship with Schumann was goofy. He said, I would literally go in there and mess around with her. The nurses would think it was hysterical. She'd mess around with me, prank me, take my stuff when I wasn't looking. She thought that was hysterical. (laughs) In January, she passed away from pneumonia. Brock said his mother, Brock and his mother were there right by her side holding her hands. He said, you don't get any closer.
2: Okay, all the stories I've read to wrap things up, this was the most heart-wrenching and beautiful at the same time.
4: There's a special place in heaven for this guy. A special place in heaven, and he will meet her there.
2: She'll definitely be there.
4: Yeah, blurry screen warning. warning, Thanks a lot. (laughs) Onion ninjas. All right, folks. Well, like I said... We like to end on a high note. So there you go. Uh. Thank you so much for those of you tuning in live. Um, You know, don't be shy. Join us in chat. It's a lot of fun. For those of you joining in later, hey, drop us a note. Let us know you are here. We hope that you go forth in the next week with a smile and a song and, at the very least, some kindness for each other. While we rant, while we rave, while we get upset about things, it's mainly because we care about people and we it's care true. about you. It's and true. we love you. Thank you so much, especially Dave and Nick, our favorite listeners of all time. Have an amazing week and we will see you next Sunday.
2: CounterCultureWise is a Stormcat production.
4: Thank you for joining our growing family of listeners. All links from the show are available on our website, counterculturewise.com. Find our archives on any of your favorite podcast hosts.
2: We engage in satire, commentary, and generally laugh at the ridiculousness of our crumbling society. Our only medical or financial advice is to not follow any financial or medical advice given by podcasters.
4: Our animations, interviews, holy crap segment, and other videos are put out on BitChute and Rumble, and only in part on YouTube because they hate free speech.
2: Our show is entirely funded by listeners like you. Visit our ever-expanding merch store or our Subscribestar, where you can get outtakes, extra videos, and sneak peeks.
4: If you would like to be a guest on our program, feel free to contact us via our website, just click on the link at the top that says be a guest on our show.
2: For more fun and cat pics, please visit our Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. For complaints about our show, please fill out the id 10 t form on our website, and we will give it the attention it deserves.
4: Meanwhile, no matter how cruel the world may be around you, always remember the importance of kindness. Be kind to each other. Be kind to animals and be kind to yourself. See you you next next week!